0: Uh, well, uh, Leon Goldberg is with me. Uh, Leon Goldenberg is uh, going to um, be starting here at the Nahum Single Network, please God, a forum where he'll have an opportunity to speak at length with, uh, with candidates for mayor and other uh, government officials and, and um, potential government officials. And we're very proud of that. Then we'll make all these announcements regarding Leon's uh, uh, segment. Uh, on the Nahtam Siegel Network, right after Pesach. So, Leon Goldberg, good morning again to you, and we look forward to uh, we look forward to a lot of great conversations that people will learn from. Uh, well, one of our favorite people—it's no—it's no, uh, no um, secret—is Borough President uh, Eric Adams, Captain Eric Adams. He did retire from the New York City Police Department as a captain and now serves as Borough President. He's also a uh, candidate. Mayor of New York City, Mr. Borough President, a uh, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM and the AM.
1: Thank you so much. And you didn't tell me that you were going to be with one
2: of my favorite people, Leon. <laughs> how are you? you I'm doing you fine. The <laughs> so I was just telling Nahum that if you become mayor, you're making me an honorary captain. Is that true?
0: <laughs> wait, a, wait a second. You know, for safety and security, I'm going to have to depend on Leon, Mr. Murr, President? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. That's a little bit of a stretch, I would say, wouldn't you? <laughs> you got to love it. (laughs) Yeah, I hope all of it. Uh, But no doubt, no doubt that uh, there will be some honorary position for Leon. That's for sure. After all, he has been a big fan of the borough president for a long time. Uh, Look, uh, Mr. Borough president, Eric Adams is with us. Uh, You you know, it's no secret. uh, There are many people. I'm a resident of New York City. Leon's on with me right now because in addition to him, doing uh, uh, spots with different candidates for us uh, on our network. He's a member of the business community of New York City and has another additional perspective in terms of the future of this city. You know that right now there are a lot of us questioning if New York City can rebound and become what it was. You're a very positive person. Do you have a positive message for us this morning about the potential for New York City after what's been a really rough period of time?
1: Oh, yes, and, you know, you should question it, you know, and I understand that and I respect that. Uh, For a number of things, Uh, the demonizing of affluent New Yorkers that have helped us navigate these difficult times, how we're treating uh, the foundation of this city's uh, tax base, everything from the 65,000 people who paid 51% of our income tax uh, to uh, the 51% of our overall taxes are coming from the real estate industry and there are many responsible people in that industry. And then COVID and crime. So there's such a combination of things that really makes us uh, believe that we are not going to come through this, but I say we are, we've been here before. Uh, We remember those days, those long-term New Yorkers where crime was high and police department made us safe. We were able to come together as New Yorkers and navigate through the 70s. Navigate after 2001 terrorist attack. Not navigate through the 2008 uh, collapse of our financial market. And New York is just—you know—we understand what we must do. We're going to do it again. And I have a plan to push us through
0: this. Um, I'll turn to Leon in a minute because I'm sure that he has concerns regarding the business community of New York. But you—you you just touched on something which is so important to the families of New York City that are tuned in. And frankly, I think it goes beyond New York. So I think when New York becomes safer, I think the whole region becomes safer. And that's, of course, the, uh, the issue of crime. Um, we know that, you know, the, the glory days of, of great low crime statistics was wonderful. And I'm sure you, as a former member of the NYPD, appreciated that very much. But now there's somewhat of a different attitude. You know the way people view the NYPD uh, at this point. And the way they use the NYPD as a political football, especially over the last few months. Uh, And you know that people have a a different attitude toward bail reform and a different attitude uh, when it comes to uh, enforcement of the law by the police. It's not just the government officials and policy that we're concerned about. We're wondering if the whole atmosphere in New York City will allow for safety and security uh, in a positive way to prevail uh, in the future of New York.
1: Well, they're, they're, and that's, that is a great question. Uh, there are some things we did wrong. We should have done better. Uh, but there's so many things we did right. And public safety is the prerequisite to prosperity. Uh, we can't have an increase of attacks on Chinese Americans. We can't have an increase on anti-Semitism and attacks and swastikas and uh, robbing the hats of men and women of men of our city community, uh, we can't allow the sense of disorder. And then we need to really clamp down on uh, gun violence. I think it's crucial that we reinstitute the anti crime unit, turn them into an anti gun unit, and do precision policing where we target uh, those uh, individuals who are known shooters and known gang members, as well as stopping the flow of guns uh, into, our, into our city. But it's crucial that we rebuild trust between police and community. Uh, every time my loved ones leave the subway station late at night, uh, they want to see that cop there. They want to know that they're going to be protected. And at the same time, law enforcement who are doing the right thing, they want to know that their communities and their city is going to respect them. And that's the trust I'm going to rebuild.
0: No question. And boy, are we rooting for you, I'll tell you that much. Candidate for mayor and borough president of Brooklyn, Eric Adams, is with us. Uh, Leon Goldenberg, who's uh, leading our forum, uh, our fora, I should say, on uh, candidates for mayor and other government officials at the Nachum Segal Network, is with us live via telephone as well. Leon, take it away.
2: So, uh, Eric, we've known each other for uh, I don't even want to say how many years. We did come through some very difficult times. I heard from my father because I wasn't around in 1991 when there were 2,251 shootings in New York City. Um, but And stop and frisk, which had has a point, there is a point to stop and frisk, was definitely overused. What will you do to make the city safer? You've, we've spoken about it a lot. I know you have plans. You were a police captain. What can you do? The Orthodox community and the police department really have an excellent relationship. How do we get all communities to have that relationship that we have with the police department?
1: And and, and, and you're right. And the reason the relationship is so great in the Orthodox community with the police department is because of the road trust. And there's real trust there. And that is what we need to build In other communities, you know, the big mistake we make, uh, Leon, is even around policing commanders. Policing commanders are probably one of the most important part of policing, and far too often we have policing commanders leave right in the midst of developing those relationships, Uh, the community affairs officers, uh, who establish good relationships and. we, without realizing it, we discourage the relationship that has been developed between the Orthodox community. Uh, we discourage it from happening in other communities. We need to encourage that. We need to use that as a model of the shalom patrol, the hasela patrols, uh, the manner in which we have those close engagements uh, that we see uh, occur all the time uh, between the two communities. And that is what I'm going to encourage in the city of New York. And I'm going to have the community play a major role in identifying the precinct commander of four of the communities that they're going to patrol. But lastly, uh, we have to become really proactive around crime. It can't be just uh, a police response. It's other agencies, uh, such as Would you believe that 30 percent of the men and women on Rikers Island are dyslexic. Why are they there? Because we're not giving these children these skills beforehand and they believe they can't learn. They go to the streets, they start, start selling drugs, they start carrying guns, and they get arrested. Mothers have to sue to get the support they need for dyslexia in all of our communities, even in your uh, yeshivas and your, your other religious schools. where parents go through to get the tools they need for their children with learning disability and dyslexia, those children turn out to go through a life of crime because we don't educate them. If you don't educate, you incarcerate and you cause criminal action. We have to be more proactive and not just reactive.
2: There's no question. Education, which has suffered tremendously. Schools have not been open. And... uh, I don't want to lay blame, but uh, Andrew Yang uh, came out with some comments this week, uh, which I do believe in to a large extent. At the end of the day, if the schools are closed and the kids lose their socialization and they lose their education for a year and a half, because that's what it was. It was last year, March, that we closed down, and this year is going to be lost also. In order to for people to... Uh, become part of the workforce, which we in the business community are concerned about. Education has to be changed also. Education, there needs to be a program in the ed- on the educational, whether it's in high school or post-high school. Not everybody's going to college, and college is not for everybody. But there are many different things. There are many different trades, whether it's computer programming, all kinds that we teach in the Jewish community to people, that say, you know what, four years of college is not for me, whatever the reason is, and they can make a living. That has to start in in the uh, high schools also, that part of the education.
1: And I agree 100%. And that's why I think we need to lean into uh, CTE uh, programs that can teach everything from uh, computer programming to plumbing, to carpentry, electrician, H- HVAC repairs. Uh, we need to look at uh, the power of certifications. That is where education is going now and jobs are going to, of uh, people being certified and having various certifications uh, with uh, licensing, of allowed, allowing them to do other uh, items in the various industries and other jobs. Of, you know, and then if those who want to go to college having a real pathway to do so, we make a big mistake in this city not allowing uh, the business community to be part of shaping the curriculum of the various skills that are needed in the jobs of the future and the jobs now. I have a great program at Brooklyn Navy Yard. It's called the Brooklyn Steam Center. Nine high schools feed into that, that center. And they're le- learning real skills in a real work environment. So they will be prepared to fill some of the jobs in the future. So you're right. It's a combination of education that's preparing our children. Listen, our children are going to school so one day they can start their own business or become employed. And we have to ask ourselves, are we preparing them for those two goals at the end
0: of their educational experience? And that is what's important. Yeah, That's the big question. Borough President Adams is with us. Um, Leon, could you remind the audience, please, and and please remind them by forming uh, the information to a question for the borough president, just how difficult it is right now for somebody to be a respectable, uh, honest, hardworking landlord in New York City?
2: It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. We, we, we how And it's really coming from the state where basically there is no such thing as a landlord uh, being a good landlord. City Council, every single week is passing legislation making it more and more difficult to operate, which at the end of the day is going to cause the deterioration of, of our uh, real estate, of our housing. It's very nice to say, let's get everything done. Let's, you know, everybody uh, has to have a home. Yes, everybody has to have a home. But if you're not going to work with the real estate community and try to create affordable housing... How are you going to get it done? The city has a huge budget. It's not enough to build housing.
0: Mr. Borough President, your reaction?
1: Right, Uh, Leon is right, and I am a landlord. I'm a small property owner, and we must make sure that we do not balance the deficit on the the back of small property landowners. When you look at landlords, people don't realize you're talking about a large number of them are small property owners. I mean, when you own units of, you know, 16, 24, three family houses, uh, your margin of error is so small. And so as we talk about these conversations of rent moratoriums and cancel rent, you must do it with the government playing a role and ensuring that landlords are made whole. If not, Uh, Those landlords are going to lose their properties and you're going to see the greatest displacement of wealth Mm -hmm. for everyday New Yorkers uh, in the city. And we can't allow that to happen. Uh, We must make sure that landlords are kept whole so that they could continue to provide uh, the affordable housing
2: that we're seeing in this city.
0: Leon, you have a follow up on that?
2: Uh, We really need a lot of help in many different ways. And the question is, you know, the the rhetoric has to change. I think that's really what's also critical. In other words, right now you have so many candidates saying they're not taking real estate money. It's not rational. It's very nice to say that, yeah, you don't want to take money from me, but the rhetoric has to change. What could be done to change the rhetoric? against an entire industry, which is really the backbone of New York City and provides half of the income that New York City takes in.
0: And, Mr. Borough President, if Leon's accurate that it requires a better relationship with New York City and state government, we know right now it's a little bit precarious, the relationship between New York City and New York State government. Is that reparable?
1: I believe it is. I have a lot of faith in uh, Carl Hastings, who's the assemblyman in charge of the assembly, and Andrea stewart cousin, who's the senator that's in charge of the Senate. I think it's important that we do exactly what Leon stated. Uh, the small property owners in the city must use their voices and advocacy to go to Albany and see the impact. Because if you have a vacuum there and there's only one side of the conversation being pushed, then no one fully understands that there's a delicate balance between the affordability of the city and ensuring landlords of these small property owners are being uh, kept whole so that they can continue to provide good quality um, housing. Remember what happened during the 70s. Many people walked away from their buildings because it was too costly to upkeep their buildings. And we saw the decimation of good quality housing. We can't have a, a repeat, a return uh, to those days.
0: Well, like I said, no doubt uh, you are going to be uh, the subject of Leon's forum here at the network as he continues to explore the um, uh, the candidates for mayor of uh, New York and uh, other government officials as well. And uh, we welcome your comments. I'm going to take this opportunity, and I know Leon joins me, obviously, and wishing you a very happy and healthy Passover. The holiday begins on Saturday night, and you're another government official who, uh, especially because of your base in Brooklyn, and we know how large our community is in Brooklyn, you, you've done whatever possible to make sure that our people have what they need for the holiday, and that's much appreciated.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I say all the time to uh, the Jewish community throughout the city in general, but particularly uh, here in the bar of Brooklyn, I'm not a new friend. I'm an old friend. We've been side-by-side for many years uh, fighting anti-Semitism, protecting your communities, giving resources. You know, there are many days sitting inside, your your sukkahs, going to sit down and celebrate different holidays with you, and making sure you receive the support you need for the funding of your security patrol, giving uh, uh, vests to members of the community uh, when you had an attack Making sure we have security cameras after devastating events. We've been doing this together for so long, and I always say Brooklyn is the Tel Aviv of America, largest <laughs> population, you know, outside of Tel Aviv. And so I look forward to a continued relationship. And I am you. We struggle together. We want a safe, clean city where we can raise healthy children and families. And that is what I'm going to do as the mayor.
0: Amen. And uh, again, on behalf of all of us, myself, Leon, and everybody, a happy and healthy Passover. And we thank you, Borough President of the uh, Borough of Brooklyn, New York, and of course, candidate for Mayor of New York City, the Honorable Eric Adams, here on a JM and the AM Wednesday morning broadcast. Uh, Leon, um, yes. Couple of very interesting people we met this morning, to say the least. And I'll tell you the one two very good candidates. And I'll tell you the one thing I learned this morning, in all seriousness. Many New Yorkers feel, especially coming off of this administration, that there's nobody out there that can uh, promote the responsible agenda. I think you've introduced us to a couple people this morning that have the potential to promote a responsible agenda.
2: But most important, most important, if you don't vote in the June primary, if you don't vote in the June primary, don't complain about who got elected. Because it's only the June primary that counts, not the November election. Forget about November. The June primary is the only thing that counts. And if you don't vote then, don't come to me and say, look who we got in office. Because if you didn't vote then, you helped bring the wrong person in office. And just to give you an idea, Tiffany Caban, who ran for district attorney in Queens County, which is a res- has 3 million mm-hmm. residents. Three million residents, which, cats uh, what's her first name again? I don't know if it slips my mind now. Won by some 10, 20 votes. How many votes did these people get? Right. Do you know how many votes they got? How many? 30,000 votes. 31,000, 32,000, which means the entire borough of Queens, there were only 100,000 people that went out to vote. One hundred thousand people went out to vote. Out of three—not three million registered Democrats, but three million residents of Queens—one hundred thousand people made the decision of who would be the. I,
0: yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. I, I got to make the. I got to have you reiterate this point, especially for anybody who lives in New York City. September has nothing. It's all about June 22nd. It's all about June 22nd. 23rd,
2: right? Right. That's all it. it's about. Whoever wins, don't think in your mind that there's going to be a Republican again in New York City in the near future. You're not going to get, uh, you know, I welcome Kat Fimides to run. I welcome, uh, what's the name on the radio show, Cur- Curtis Leeward to run. They can all run. But look at the last two elections. You had Malatacos ran. She got 28% of the vote. Man. And before that? Joe Loder, who was an excellent candidate, really an excellent candidate, and would have, we wouldn't be where no, we are we today not if he be, had become mayor.
0: I said we owe him an apology. We owe him an apology because right. he ran around saying the city's going to go back to what it was, and everyone was like laughing at him, and he was 100% right. Right.
2: But he got 25% of the votes.
0: Here it says the tw- this is from Wikipedia. The New York City mayoral election will have Democratic and Republican primaries on Tuesday, June the 22nd general election on november the second leon goldenberg is reminding all of us forget about november second november is irrelevant focus on june 22 which by the way leon is less than three months away
2: right it's, it's and this th- is new york city all the elections now in this you know are all local city and 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 that's what's up for election now so mm-hmm. everything is local all local races. So don't tell me I'm gonna run walk you know, in November gonna vote for president. Who cares? You right. ain't doing that.
0: Right, there's nothing make... I'll tell
2: you something more. For those that are registered as Republicans, when was the last time your vote counted in New York City? Right. I will tell you. It never. was for <laughs> never <laughs> sixteen no, 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 it did. Two thousand and sixteen when Trump ran in the primary for president. That your vote was important if you were a Republican. And you know when the last time before that it was important? Yeah. 24 years earlier. Gosh. And ask your Republican friends how many of them voted. I ask if they voted for Trump. Did they vote in that primary? If they didn't vote in that primary. They had one chance in 24 years that their vote should count.
0: Didn't count. Now, according to this, and I don't know if I'm doing the right research here as I'm doing it on the fly, but according to this, if the election is June 22nd, people have to the middle of May to register uh, their party and to register to vote. Does that make sense, middle of May? To register to vote. If you're not registered, when you register, you can register to vote. And that, and that Does the, that make sense about five weeks before the election, the middle of May? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have, you have what, time, folks. You have time to do this. It's not like you don't have time. Do it now. Make sure to but register.
2: register as a Democrat if you want your vote to count. Right,
0: register as a Democrat in
2: November. Vote for who you want if you want to go to the polls. I mean, I go to the polls November, yeah. but there's really no reason to because it's not going to change anything. There's not one race that's going to change that that affects any anyone here. There are two city councilmen. I think they're both men that are Republican. Two. Out of 51. Wow. Do you All live right. in Staten Island?
0: Then you have a Republican.
2: Then you have a Republican. Right. Do you live in, in uh, Far Rockaway? You got a Republican. Other than that...
0: 49 Democrats.
2: 49 Democrats. Now, when the Republicans want to pass a, stri- a you know, safe street, uh, how are they getting it passed? Yep. How are they getting anything passed? So, therefore, you need to have moderate Democrats. We need to have people that, that are going to run and, you know, that are not going to, like, Carlos Manchaco who's, you know, pro-BDS and, and against everything that we as a community stand for and everything that the business community stands for. He destroyed industry cities. The opportunity during the pandemic, during the pandemic, to get 15,000 jobs for New York City, he said, because the way it works, it's like it's, it's mind-boggling. If somebody wants to get a, a variance in a, in a building in a certain area, the councilman of that district is all that counts. The councilman of that district is all that counts. No other councilman has any impact. Because if that council person, it's not a man, it's a person, says, I'm against it, the other 48 will vote against it. Um, Irregardless. Actually, in the last one, there were about, I think, six guys that voted for it, even though he said not to vote. But it passed overwhelmingly. So there was an opportunity to build a, and anybody who's gone to Industry City, it's really a beautiful place. You have all kinds of shops, a lot of minorities own a lot of businesses there. And they want to expand by 2 million square feet. So what do we get instead? He already announced he's going to be building an Amazon last mile warehouse, which there's a need for I'm not going to say there is a need for it. But if you build a million square feet, which he has a right to do, how many jobs at Amazon does it require for a million square feet? 500 jobs? Yep. While the other place would have created 15,000 jobs. Yep. So, if you want to keep people like this out of office, people that understand that business is the backbone to the city, it's very nice that we have a lot of programs in city for the city for the, you know, the homeless, for the sick, for Medicaid. We spend more money on Medicaid in New York State yeah. than California.
0: All right, Leon, I got to wrap it up. Uh, we'll be in touch because uh, number one, we'll be announcing uh, exactly how we're going to handle the political forum that you're going to be leading i do want to remind everybody june 22nd is the date that's election day in new york it's the only important election day in new york city is june 22nd we'll also speak to leon right after pesach because he always joins us during our yom hashoah programming leon i take this opportunity to wish you a chag Kosher of we will continue to fight for all these issues and hopefully get the right person into office in june
2: thank you thank you for having me and thank you for having them
0: Uh, A pleasure. And again, a chakoshever samach. Wednesday morning broadcast. It's J.M. in the A.M.